What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping in to have a, uh, a chat with me here. So, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of different stuff going on as normal. Uh, you know, we had CPI numbers come out. We had uh, some different news in uh, used cars, in oil, gas, energy, uh, food, pretty much everything that's out there that's on the run and where it's going. Uh, so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, real estate values and interest rates and what's going on there. Uh, we're going to look at uh, some business and how it ties into finance, how I kind of got started and uh, kind of where where I think a lot of people might have a little bit of disparity between what they want to do and what they actually do. Um, but yeah, as always, I got the links in the description for getting started in uh, a brokerage or a crypto account. If you're looking to get started, I got uh, some links there for different options that I have that I use and uh, that have worked well for me. So if you uh, want to get started, check out those links. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, the episode here. So, you know, when I was starting off my business, I was getting out of uh, out of college, uh, you know, late 2008. Early 2009 is when I started my own company. And a lot of the reason that I started my own company is because the the job market was so brutal. Uh, a lot of people weren't really hiring with the whole housing crisis. And a lot of things were just, uh, I, I think they were just too entry level. I mean, it sounds, sounds crazy, but they were too entry level for me at the time that I didn't really want to get into working for someone else, making, you know, next to nothing. So I kind of thought, uh, hey, you know, I'm going to go start my own thing. So I went ahead and did that. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of looks from people like you're, you're doing what? You got out of college to do landscape like that doesn't make any sense. What do you know about landscape or, you know, just a lot of naysayers out there? Uh, you know, a lot of people saying, you, you know, like you're going to yeah, just a, a lot of down talk about doing your own thing or, um you know, not going to work for a company, like all the different opportunities, you know. So you, you catch a lot of flack. And, uh, you know, there's a handful of people out there that that had my back and saying that, yeah, I'm doing this and we're going to try it. You know, sometimes I question myself. I didn't really have a forever long-term vision. I just thought, hey, I could I could make more money doing landscape than I could at a enter, entry job at the uh, you know, pick a Aflac or Enterprise or, you know, one of these different jobs out there getting started into a business type role. Um, so that's kind of where I was at. Uh, I had done my own little smaller businesses earlier in uh, in my like high school career. And uh, I kind of like that more than some of the corporate type jobs and internships that I had had. So that's where I went. Did I always know that it was going to be, you know, 15 years or 14 years later and I'm going to still be doing the same thing? No, it, it just kind of got to the point where, uh, you know, the business took care of me. It gave me a lot of flexibility. So I kind of kept going. But uh, so that that kind of ties into finance and, and personal investing. I think a lot of people don't really have uh, that support or people are going to question you when you tell them, hey, look, I, I want to get investing. I want to, you know, start owning stocks. They're going to say, what do you know about it? What, you know, you're going to lose all your money. You don't know the first thing about stocks or how to trade or invest or whatever. But at the end of the day, I didn't really know too much about getting into a landscape business. There's a lot of people that it's going to be your first time for anything, right? 
So I took that leap and, you know, starting your own business to me is a lot more uh, scary than getting into stocks. Stocks, you know, you can you can throw some side money at it. Um, but kind of when you're in a business, you kind of got to be all in or, you know, most businesses don't make it first through the first three years. And uh, when you come when it comes to investing, I don't really think that's the case. I think, yeah, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to buy penny stocks that you shouldn't have got into. You're going to get into some things that are probably more risky or you're chasing stuff or this, that, the other. But I want you to know that it's okay to celebrate your success, even if it's, uh, you know, your first 10 bucks that you put in the market or your first, you know, $5 in dividends. Know that the snowball effect is real and uh, it's going to grow exponentially. So regardless of if you just started or, you know, if, uh, you know, no one's in your corner, know that uh, there, there's a community of us out there that are on your side. And uh, ultimately, if you got something that you want to celebrate, if it's your first hundred bucks in, in dividends or you, you know, you had a play that did well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm completely fine with, uh, with talking about that and sharing our successes and the problems that we had with getting started or something that we did that was wrong. I think it's a good way to learn from each other. So if you got a story, feel free to share it up on the, the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. We're doing the uh, investing challenge weekly where we are putting $200 in to uh, a Webull account uh, that I am funding and I am tracking. And we are uh, currently on week, uh, what is it, 16 now? And we are looking at uh, five different names. We're looking at Starbucks, Home Depot, Visa, uh, Lamb Research, and Facebook. Uh, for a couple different reasons that we talked about on uh, the last episode here. So if you want to go over there, get your vote in. Uh, and if you got something that you want to share, if uh, you need a little, you know, congratulations or pat on the back, or you just want to run some ideas by people, um, you know, it's a like-minded community. Hopefully you can get some good input from there. I'll certainly try to chime in on any kind of uh, comment that I see. But um, yeah, know that uh, a lot of people don't want to talk finance. A lot of people don't want to put their own personal information out there. Um, you know, there's, a, I guess, some kind of stigma in society where we're not going to talk uh, politics or, you know, religion or finance with other people. Uh, and sometimes that's right. But uh, other times I think it's definitely good to get a different perspective on an investment or a, a, a you know, a plan or a thought that uh, you might not have a full uh, answer yourself as to what you want to do or where you want to go with a different position. Um, so yeah, that's what I got on that. But, um, you know, now I said, we're going to talk about, uh, some real estate as well. And, you know, since the, uh, pandemic lows, the, uh, you know, like a 30 year mortgage, the rates have been, you know, just all over the place. They've about doubled as of right now. And uh, right now, I, I'm not even 100% certain. I was, I was looking on Redfin earlier, and it popped up that it was a 4.7% a uh, interest rate on a 30-year mortgage. And uh, I know they are creeping up quick. And when I saw that, you know, I was, I was listening to someone else that said, for every 1% that your, uh, your interest rate goes up, that translates to about a 10% increase in your monthly payment, which, uh, you know, I was like, man, is it really, is it really that high? And it, it is, I was, like I said, I did the numbers on there. It was on a $500,000 house or maybe 550. I was just kind of peeking around, but I went through all the calculations 
and it took the payment from twenty seven hundred a month to over three thousand a month with a one percent uh, adjustment in that interest rate. So I definitely see that uh, there is a lot of building still going on. I've got it all around me. They're they're building all up and down the street, but. One thing that I'm kind of seeing is there's going to be a slowdown. There's going to be less building. We saw it in some of the home builder numbers. Uh, we saw it in Home Depot kind of dropping off a cliff. There's a lot of fear of this kind of uh, pullback or a housing bubble. Uh, I still think that Home Depot is safe in the fact that I think a lot of people still have uh, discretionary funds that they're going to you know remodel or do this or that with their home. But uh I do think that a lot of the home building is going to uh, slow down as builders aren't going to be getting the same amount of money, right? So if you had a a five hundred thousand dollar house, and uh, you know there's there's only a certain amount of people that can afford X amount of homes in an area. So if they were selling eight hundred thousand dollar houses, there's only a, a set amount of people that can afford that. You know, you got to be making uh, probably I don't know one fifty plus as a household to, to do something like that, probably more than that. That's just kind of off the top of my head, but um, you know, or you got to have some, some money really tucked away or some equity in your, in your current home. But as a first time buyer, you really got to have a, a chunk of money to put down. And uh, you know, there's only a certain amount of people, like I said. So then when uh, the interest rate goes up and you know, we've, we're about double now. So if you're uh payment is now 20% higher than it would have been just based on that interest rate, the uh, the price of the house has got to come down in order to have enough people that really want to buy that uh, that supply that these home builders are building. And, you know, with all the prices of material on the rise and, you know, now they're kind of stabling off or coming down. But if, uh, if materials are still high, we've got, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard to sell a house for cheaper and have these home builders turn any profit. So they are, you know, certainly limiting how much they're building. Orders are probably slowing. The lack of people wanting to borrow at north of four and a half percent is uh, is slowing. Sure, there's a lot of building going on right now, but you got to think that a lot of those, if it was raw land, those have been started 18 months, 24 months prior. And even some of those homes are going to be uh, hard to sell because a lot of those people that were uh, tied into the building this house were planning on an interest rate of you know two and a half to three percent, and now by the time they can actually lock in their loan when the house is finished, it's going to be four and a half five and possibly going up to six percent. So that's going to affect that uh, that house price, you know, twenty thirty percent or their payment twenty thirty percent. So you know, if you got cash, that's a great great thing. You can still afford it. But uh, at the same time, it's going to be really difficult for a lot of people to get in these homes that the uh, the values are just so high right now. So I do think there's a bit of a bubble. Uh, I do think that uh, as we've seen in used cars, those prices have, have now started dropping. And, uh, you know, we saw that in the CPI numbers earlier this week. Uh, I do think that we're going to have the same thing kind of go into the housing market for the same reasons. Um, like I said, the, the pricing on cars has been high. It's uh, finally starting to come down, but those interest rates are still very high and going higher. So you can't have inflated car values and a higher interest rate, or you're going to have the uh, the lack of buyers out there. Money was cheap, 
But uh, ultimately, it's going to kind of reverse. I, I think things are going to start coming back down. And, uh, you know, at that that point, I might be interested in buying some rental properties. It could certainly be a way that, uh, you know, if you have cash on the sidelines, if you've got cash in your home, you could do a cash out refi or a line of credit or borrow against your portfolio at a cheaper rate. There's a bunch of different options out there to use someone else's money to get another property or buy something else rather than just going with a, a traditional 30-year mortgage if uh, if you've already got cash on the side somewhere. So that's what I got there. I'm definitely thinking that the, there is going to be a correction in uh, cars and uh, home values. We'll definitely see that kind of stabilize. I'm not saying there's going to be a crash. I'm not going to say it's going to be, you know, doomsday. But uh, I do think that it's going to level off. And uh, with with interest rates going higher, I kind of feel that it has to. But uh, that's what I've got there. And, uh, you know, as far as the inflation numbers, the CPI came in at eight and a half percent for March. Uh, I did hear that. Well, this, this is great if you live off the grid in the, the mountains somewhere. Someone wanted to uh, give a story that if you take out or, uh, energy, gas and shelter, the interest or the uh, CPI inflation rate was only 3.6%, which is like, okay, that's everyone has to have energy, shelter and, uh, and food. So it's like, I don't know who they're telling these stories to, but it's eight and a half percent. Let's, uh, let's leave it at that. So, uh, came in a bit hot. We had anticipated it. I think it was supposed to be 8.4% and it came in 8.5. The market actually rebounded on this news, thinking that it was going to actually be worse than this, which is a, a kind of a crazy thing that it inflation came in that hot and we can still rally off of that news. But um, it's uh, it's crazy times out there. I do think that uh, growth is a little bit uh, or that that tech growth is a little bit out of flavor right now. And uh, ultimately, I think we're looking for other ways to make money in this market. We're looking at growth at a reasonable price. And uh, we're going to get into that here in a second. We're going to talk about how to look for growth at a reasonable price, what uh, ratios you should be looking at, ultimately where uh, some different companies could go and where they're looking to get into some safety out of uh, that high flying growth uh, with high price to sales or even high PEs. Uh, high PE isn't necessarily the problem. You just want to have that growth rate to match. But uh, we'll get into that right after this break. All right, guys, we are back here on Let It Grow. Uh, so I wanted to uh, kind of continue where we left off, uh, looking at some different stocks that might give you uh, outsized uh, growth compared to where they are trading currently. And, uh, you know, we were, we were looking at some different things that... Uh, really are going to either be more service related or uh, companies that make things. You know, the tech play is kind of getting beat down right now. Uh, And while I really do like tech, I like buying things that are uh, out of favor. And uh, tech is probably going to get there soon. So I don't want to um, throw those away. Uh, I'm still keeping those. And like I said, semiconductors, things like that. I do think that there's going to be a bit of a slowdown. We are planning for that recession, as we said, uh, you know, mid-23, end of 23. And that basically just means two quarters of declining GDP. It uh, doesn't mean that the world's fallen, sky's fallen, anything like that. It just means that uh, the 
general output of the nation is going to be slower. Um, so we're looking at companies that are going to kind of continue through that. Uh, so, you know, plays like pharmaceutical food. Uh, I do think that travel is going to meet that need, but um, some different insurance plays are beat down as well. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to kind of look at was uh, a peg ratio. And we have talked about this one before, but uh, it's going to look at your price earnings multiple, your PE, uh, then divided by your growth rate. Uh, so you're looking at annual growth rates. And say if we had a stock that, uh, say XYZ company's got a PE of 20, and their growth rate for next year is 20%. Uh, so that would be a one, one to one. 20 divided by 20 gives you the one. Uh, so now if we are looking at a, a peg ratio under one, it is generally considered cheap. Um, now that doesn't mean we want to be in all these right now. There's a lot of home builders that have kind of got into these, uh, screeners right now. But if you're looking on say E-Trade or Yahoo, you can, uh, kind of filter out these screeners with, uh, the price earnings over your earnings growth and get to these companies that might fit the bill. Uh, now you can further screen out some different, uh, you know, sectors or industries that you want to be in and ones that you don't want to be in. But uh, right now I'm looking on market beat and uh, there's going to be a, a lot of different plays that are going to pop up. You know, there's DR Horton, Pulte Group, which are home builders. Uh, I'm not so interested in those as we talked about, you know, with rates going up. Uh, I kind of think that they're being propped up right now by a lot of the, the orders that have already been in. And uh, they might have a little bit of a tougher road ahead. Granted, their, their growth rate is going to have these at like a 0.43 uh, for actually Pulte and DR Horton. Um, now, these also have very traditionally, they have very low PE. So both of these are 5.7 and 5.9, which means that their, uh, their growth rate is probably like 11%, 12%, which is decent. Uh, you, you might be, you know, looking to add a, a home builder that might be a, a spot where you're looking to do something. Uh, it's not one that's really going to fit for me, uh, versus like Freeport MacMoran, which is at a, a 17 PE and your peg ratio is a 0.44. So that means that your, uh, growth rate is more like in the low thirties. Um, so there's definitely going to be some, some ways to look for this. I mean, all I searched for on Google was, uh, low PE growth stocks. And uh, this list popped up, got 97 different names. But uh, I was also listening to Mad Money, Jim Cramer, and he was kind of talking about some different plays that you might want to be in also. Um, and some other ones that I've heard, uh, listening to some other podcasts and things like that. Uh, YouTube videos from different people. Uh, some names that popped up uh, was like Darden, uh, Olive Garden's parent company, DRI. And that one popped up. Uh, Bloomin' Brands popped up, which is Outback. Uh, Expedia was one of them that was uh, was brought up in another uh, podcast as uh, where you've got a lot of people have that appetite to get back out and go to dinner. Even if there's a recession, people are still going to want to get out. Uh, so they're thinking that these might be a way that are going to get people out and still uh, they have that growth. Also that they've been compressed because they were doing so poorly in the last two years. So that PE is still low, 
and uh, that growth rate for the next couple of years is projected to be higher. Uh, so that is another way to look at uh, some things that might be more beneficial to what you're looking for. Uh, another one that's on this list is uh, Westrock, WRK, which they're a package cardboard uh, company, which I mean, if, if you, you know, everything's getting shipped to everyone from, you know, uh, food ordering to Amazon to everyone that is doing any kind of online shopping. That's one way. Uh, Petco actually made this list also at a 0.48 peg ratio. Uh, so like I said, there's a lot of different ways that uh, you can get that future growth, that those growth rates that are going to outpace the uh, that price to earnings. So you want that ratio to be under one, which is going to give you more growth uh, with a lot more safety. And some of these are also going to give you a, uh, a dividend. Uh, Marriott was one that popped up on, on here also with, uh, that one, they are currently not paying a dividend, but the, the recent conference call, uh, on their last earnings report said that they're looking to reinstate the dividend this year, which, uh, might have people run to that stock when they do reinstate. So if you get in a little bit early, you might get a, a, a run in the stock price just on the, the fact that you're getting a, a dividend going forward once they announce that. So if it's not this year, maybe it's next year. But uh, again, the trends are for people to get back out to traveling. You want to have companies that are either making things or providing a service. Uh, a lot of the tech trade has really gotten compressed and that growth rate isn't uh, giving you that one-to-one -one relationship. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. So you're you're paying more for that future growth than pretty much what it's worth. So you really want to look at the numbers, uh, kind of come up with a plan as to where you want to be, and uh, maybe buy some some stocks now that are on sale uh, compared to where they should be for the next couple of years. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm on marketbeat.com, and it's just a, a market data low PE growth stock list. Uh, I can share this in the description as well. But uh, I mean, all I did was all I searched for was companies with best peg ratio and uh, Yahoo popped up, got market beat, NASDAQ. Uh, there's a, a bunch of different stocks out there that are going to be off of your your regular radar. But now might be a good time to get into those while still looking to get into maybe some of the tech stocks for a rebound in a, in a few years. But I, I think we'll have some time to buy tech. Uh, I will still be buying that, but I also want to look for some different avenues to put some money to work in some lanes where I'm really kind of under underexposed to these things and uh, really kind of broaden that diversity that I have in uh, in my stocks, diversify more, kind of have a different different way to make money in any kind of market. And that uh, should give us a lot more safety. Also, uh, you know, really weather the storm when uh if and when that recession bubble does come uh we will be ready by uh planning for it now and uh we are really rallying today we're up about uh well i'm up about 1.76 percent in my brokerage account uh as i said the uh, the nasdaq is really moving up higher we're up about 300 and eh, 271 points right now which is two percent on the nasdaq one percent up on the dow uh 1.10 percent up on the s p and uh, we're really seeing a good bit of a rally, but uh, that's after we had uh, that 7 8% sell-off in the past week. So uh, I guess we'll take the good with the bad. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. So uh, please get over to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. 
Get your votes in for week 16. I will be announcing some stocks that uh, I think will have a good peg ratio for week 17. That's what I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, we'll be buying these on Monday. So, again, we've got Starbucks, Home Depot, Visa, Lamb Research, and uh, Facebook or Meta Platforms. Those are the five stocks we are voting on this week. We've got uh, a pretty close race between Home Depot and Visa. So if you can get over there and kind of break that tie, I would really appreciate that. But uh, yeah, that's what I got. So let's get out there. Let's uh, continue to stack some different assets and uh, you know keep on growing. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.